0: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, and we're excited to re-watch and recap it along the way.
1: This week we have the season finale, season 1, episode 21, Love, Daisies, and Troubadours. The Netflix bio for this episode is... Rory finally tells Dean the truth about how she feels about him. Seeing something between Lorelai and Luke, Rachel makes a decision.
0: Such a dramatic finale.
1: (laughs) It really is. They pulled out all the stops.
0: For all of our listeners, since this is the finale, just to let you all know, next week we'll be doing a kind of review of the whole season. Um, so don't forget to send us your gazebo moments and we can talk about those as we review the whole the whole season. I can't believe we made it this far. Uh,
1: I know. We'll <laughs>
0: update you with what's coming next and next week's episode.
1: Looking forward to that. Okay. Let's attempt to talk fast. Talk our way through <laughs> <laughs> this first episode. I made the
0: decision that I wouldn't groan this time, so I'm just going to go straight mm. into
1: it yes we did you know pick this out for ourselves to do freely right but you wouldn't know that every time we did it each week that's true (laughs) okay you're going first this week are you ready i am ready (laughs) okay one two three he's yours just okay go
0: (laughs) we start out the episode with luke being handyman for lorelei and rory um lorelei's unhappy about it There's a case of ennui at the inn, which uh, is great. Okay, and then also we kind of get a bit of an idea of Rory, that she's going to talk to Dean again. She's starting to scope him out and everything. At the same time, Tristan is trying to get her to go to a concert with him and being really pushy and gross. And Mr. Medina and Lorelai are dating still, getting jealous about Luke, and then he proposes at the end. Sorry.
1: Sorry about that I forgot to give you a, a warning that's okay I went into too many personal opinions
0: it's my own fault
1: <laughs> right evaluating yeah. it within the limited framework tricky <laughs> okay are you ready for yours as I'll ever be okay Lorelai and Max are still dating. They're having lots of long nights. Rory is also thinking about getting back together with Dean or contacting him. So she starts to lurk and kind of stalk him. Eventually, he comes to her at Chilton, sees her with Tristan. Um, Rory and Dean end up kissing. Meanwhile, there's a thousand daisies. Lorelai's is considering getting engaged to Max. Rachel and Luke break up. Suki and Michelle have on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I've gotten worse, actually, over the course of our seasons. Or maybe I'm just tired at this time in the afternoon recently. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I get that. I think we mm. did both cover most
0: things. We just aren't the best at delivery. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We just need better confidence, I guess. Yeah. Well, <sighs> All right. Let's slow things down at a speed I can tolerate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I loved this opening. Um, just Lorelei being woken up by random banging outside. I love that before she goes to see what the banging is, she goes and wakes up Rory.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of rude. <laughs> I agree. I called this in my notes the cold opening of a rude awakening. <laughs> <laughs> and... It's Luke, you know, fixing the porch rail at 6.30 in the morning, which makes quite a lot of sense. Lorelai starts <laughs> to yell about this, and then Babette blames her for waking up the whole neighborhood. Luke manages to disappear during this accusation, so he gets off scotch-free. <laughs> it's kind of a paranormal events
0: type of morning.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> My... um. Lorelai's closet nomination is in this scene Mm -hmm. I didn't really find a lot of fashion that I noticed this episode so I thought this will do um I like her pajamas that she's wearing like light purple pajama pants but specifically her shirt which is like a light blue kind of three-quarter sleeve classic pajama top Um, it has a Bulldog logo on it, which caught my eye because my undergrad was the Bulldogs too. And I feel like that cartoon Bulldog she had is like the same logo of like so many different colleges and high schools use that Bulldogs logo. Um, but what intrigued me lastly about this was that it said St. Bernard's and then Bulldogs. And it was like a picture of Bulldogs, but the St. Bernard's is like a different kind of dog and if the school was named saint bernard's why wouldn't they just have a saint bernard as their logo would it be the saint bernard saint bernard's (laughs) right exactly so uh, it caught my eye and intrigued me i don't have an answer about it Uh, it's just unresolved mystery i hadn't paid (laughs) enough
0: attention i didn't catch that at all that's pretty cool (laughs) i wonder if that was like uh just a random shirt that they found somewhere and thought it was funny Or if it was something that somebody made for the
1: show specifically. It's hard to say. All right. But the day continues. And I I think we have about a total of four main days, right, in this episode. There's a lot that happens. So I guess we'll try to go day by day. (laughs)
0: Strangely, there's no Friday night dinner. I just realized this might be the first episode
1: where we don't Mm -hmm. get one. Right. We don't get em- any Emily or Richard either. Yeah. At the end of the episode, I want to ask you about what you liked about the finale and if you wanted it to have like anything else and whatnot. And Emily and Richard was like a storyline I felt like could have been included in the finale mm-hmm. of the season. But I don't want to get ahead <laughs> of us.
0: <laughs> this scene um, at the end is my gazebo moment. The whole scene, the whole thing. <laughs> Um, because it, it's, it's my star's <laughs> hollow moment <laughs> it's kind of iconic it lives in my memory um, but we come in and Michelle is as usual not answering the phone so maybe we shouldn't be surprised by that but then he goes on to talk about his metaphysical angst and calls it mm-hmm. ennui <laughs> um, and then we go into the kitchen and Suki is kind of sitting there looking glum and she says that she thinks she might be coming down with ennui. <laughs> it was just wonderful and just like
1: just a I don't know, gazebo moment for me. <laughs> I found everything about this scene to be relatable. <laughs> like Michelle with like you the camera camera kinda of pans in on him on the desk where he's got like his elbows on the desk, his head in his hands looking so forlorn. And Lorelai, like, describes him as lazy or just sleepy, and he needs coffee, but he's very clear that this is metaphysical angst, as you said. (laughs) And so I love that. I can relate to that vibe, definitely. And then, but I also love that Sookie is a hypochondriac, (laughs) it seems, because uh, Lorelai says, you feel like you catch everything. Like, I had to tell you last time that you don't have a prostate, because I assume another employee (laughs) said he... Has prostate issues, and she, like, as a hypochondriac would, would be like, Oh no, me too. And, anyways, <laughs> um, but the scene ends with Lorelai asking about the opposite of Ennui, and Suki says, Off we. <laughs> it's cured. <laughs> and she laughs and says she's been cured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just from like t- beginning, middle, and end of the Ennui saga was, mm-hmm. I thought, I great. It.
0: <laughs> I also noticed Suki mm-hmm. appears to have dyed her hair. It's now like, a pretty oh. bright red whereas before it's kind of a strawberry blonde and now it's just like bright kind of a natural colored red I really liked it I I mm-hmm. don't think mm-hmm. that she ever has that hair color again I don't
1: remember though mm. but it was a great scene <laughs> agreed <laughs> after work Lorelai and Rory are in their kitchen discussing their dreams This leads to Lorelai sharing that she was dreaming of someone who ran the auto body shop and she can't remember who it was. I don't really know the point of this whole long conversation about dreams other than just show some classic like Gilmore chatter. But uh, Lorelai, since Rory can't remember who that man was, she goes out to ask Luke who is apparently... And, like, we don't know this, but he's just on their roof. (laughs) So we start to get the sense that he's, like, coming over to their house quite often at strange hours, and we'll hear more about that later on in the episode. Uh, But meanwhile, Rory discovers her Dean box while that conversation is going on. The return of the Dean box.
0: (laughs) I love that Lorelai explains why she kept the Dean box, because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> rory's head is quote young and weird <laughs> and i think that's mm-hmm. kind of what we've also been saying a lot um with yes her relationship in general is rory's not necessarily seeing everything clearly as you wouldn't expect a 16 year old to or even a person of any age in a romantic situation i feel like people get kind of bogged down with things But I I liked that and at the end of Lorelai's explanation, Roy just says thanks. And so we kind of get the Mm -hmm. idea that she's coming around to it. She's not so heartbroken that she can't look at Dean stuff and maybe
1: she even wants to see it.
0: I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yes. Dot dot dot. (laughs) I thought it was a sweet moment. And she was grateful. And she goes to her room and starts to look through the box, like you said, and there's a very romantic la, 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 la in the background, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think gives us, that's what starts like the gears in my brain turning of the way like the music is playing over it makes me think of like romanticize Mm -hmm. that moment. Like, oh, there could be, she's not just remembering the relationship. There could be something there. Maybe. She's daydreaming. (laughs) Thinking
0: up what's Mm -hmm. gonna happen when she decides to talk to him. It's gonna be perfect. Right. Of course it's not
1: true, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and that brings us to the next scene. Would you say this is like the next day when Lane and Rory are walking around on Thursday afternoon? It might be. I was very confused. There were a lot of afternoons
0: or like times Mm -hmm. around Chilton that seemed to be kind of random so yeah it might be the next day yeah
1: (laughs) because they are specifically saying thursday afternoon Mm. because that comes up later on (laughs) um basically we see lane and rory walking around starts hollow on thursday afternoon and we continue the suspicion that rory might be interested in dean again because she tells lane that she wants to go into Deucey's market And Lane is like, well, we have the schedule, you know. You know this is a Thursday afternoon. He's going to be working. And Rory says she knows. And Lane understands that this is a very momentous Mm -hmm. occasion. As a best friend would. (laughs) Yeah. I love that
0: Lane, as she's done in the past, she tries to watch through the grocery store windows as Rory goes in to see Dean Mm -hmm. Um, in her own version of watching TV. (laughs) which is Rory's relationships. But Dean isn't there. I did love this scene still though because we get some more Taylor. We haven't seen Taylor for quite a while, but he sees Rory kind of like scoping out the store, picking random things up and putting them back down and he accuses her of looking like a shoplifter. Um <laughs> which, you know, she but does. She has been. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And then she asks for the bag boy. She wants to ask him a question. And we can like see her getting all nervous and excited as Taylor calls for him. And then it's just some other random guy. And she has to come up with a random
1: question to ask, ask him. It's a lot of suspense. We never did get an answer about why Dean wasn't working that Thursday afternoon. Mm-hmm. But Rory's theory is that he has a Thursday afternoon girl now. A slutty Thursday afternoon girl, which I I thought about critiquing. But in the end, I think it's just the classic. Like, you need to make up, like, a mythical enemy to hate, right? Yeah. <laughs> and something, one last thing I was thinking about with this scene. I did kind of find, I was a little disappointed when Lane said she was missing the old Rory. And by that, she's referring to, like, the happy Rory who is with Dean, And she's been feeling bad for the new Rory, who is, like, the moping around kind of Rory. And I wish they would have allowed for this, like, for Rory to be happy again. She doesn't need to be back with Dean. Like, she could have gotten there by moving on, too. And that's just, like, a bit of personal beef I have (laughs) with the storyline. Like, romance versus the more, like, feminist awakening (laughs) saw like on your own independence kind of thing but i get the whole like it's not like when they broke up it's not because she didn't want to not be with him in a way so i get that she'd want to kind of like return to that Mm -hmm. but i was a little bit like she could do it on her own she doesn't need a man
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, they barely give Mm -hmm. either of them any opportunities to just be like happily single and not either going after people or being pursued Mm -hmm. by people
1: exactly i feel like we could have had like at minimum one episode of rory being happy Mm -hmm. on her own and then being like you know i am happy but i could be happier or i still want to pursue this but we had almost no in between Mm -hmm. it's like hints that she was ready to move on and or hints that she wasn't so down anymore and immediately to getting back in the relationship yeah yeah we also
0: end this scene with a classic little pan into our troubadour who's singing and who will pay, play a big part in this episode, finally.
1: Mm-hmm. Becomes more of a character. Yeah. Breaks the fourth wall, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. One of the yeah. walls. <laughs> yeah, because the stage would have like three walls and the the fourth wall is between like the audience and the mm-hmm. stage it's not really there but to would break, he be you know.
0: like in the pit so he broke out of the pit for the episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> he breaks the orchestra yeah. pit
1: yeah <laughs> he's a someone in the orchestra pit just hopped up on stage and joined like the scene yeah. <laughs> i'd love to see that <laughs> okay we move forward to the next day which may be directly the next day or just another day in yeah. time okay and and the near, in the media present. And we get this really beautiful hallway shot inside of Chilton. I noticed, I think Amy was going for a lot of like dramatic, again, I should look up some vocabulary. Is it cinematography? I'm not sure. But the way some of these shots were in this episode were really wide and really intentional and creative. And this one is pulled back really far. We see, like, this really black and white checkered floor um, with, like, this kind of wood awning archway above the hallway. It's very beautiful and ornate. And later on, I think this will be, like, a parallel shot we'll see of Paris in the same hallway at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they all the students are coming out of their classes. Um Rory goes to her locker and is accosted by Tristan. He insults her locker decoration, and this is just uncalled for. She has a whole bunch of pictures of, like, women throughout history, pretty much. And we find Mm -hmm. out that his locker is just decorated, I mean, with women in swimsuits and stuff. (laughs) And I remember in... I didn't really decorate my locker in high school because we had an open campus and I had a car for part of the time, so I just, like, didn't use my locker. But in middle school, I was very serious about decorating my locker with exactly what I wanted to represent me. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I I think that this is just Tristan. Like, he's not just insulting her locker.
1: He's insulting everything that Rory is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a reflection yeah. of you. The Locker is, <laughs> totally. I actually nominated Rory's Locker for mm-hmm. Rory's Bookshelf. So for temporarily, it's Rory's Locker. <laughs> uh, because of what you said, the way that it reflects her personality, The I noticed two of the pictures. One was of the classic Emily Dickinson, mm-hmm. who's come up before on the show. I also noticed one of the pictures was Virginia Woolf. So many women writers and i thought it was just really a good way for rory to express herself mm-hmm. and i liked that it was through all of these uh meaningful women throughout history like you said i thought it was cool and f you tristan <laughs> and he wonders
0: why rory keeps refusing to go out with him
1: more on him later yeah. my god but that's what he's
0: doing at this moment he i guess got tickets to pj harvey which i have no idea who that is um i
1: <laughs> i can't google every single thing I, I have no idea who pj harvey is i'm just trusting Rory that she likes this person yeah, found out <laughs> but can't go because it would involve going somewhere with tristan yeah. i found out that pj harvey is a girl
0: which i wouldn't have expected so i know about as much as tristan at this point <laughs> mm-hmm. but he keeps <laughs> asking her out and she keeps saying no um and is like very adamant about it she doesn't want to go out with him she doesn't want to go Mm -hmm. anywhere with him even as friends apparently um and then this whole scene as she's walking away from her locker tristan is following her and then we get a bit of a scene with um madeline and louise rory departs and um Paris asks Tristan what the tickets are, or one of them asks Tristan what the tickets are, and he tells everybody that Rory's going to PJ Harvey with him, even though that's a blatant lie. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Paris uh, becomes irate, as we would expect. I loved the weird little conversation between Madeline and Louise about Judy Garland being the um, Courtney love of her time. Very interesting. yeah
1: <laughs> seriously okay we leave Chilton and return to Stars Hollow the same afternoon I believe and we follow Lorelai as she's going through town I liked that she walked by yeah. Miss Patty's <laughs> during a ballet rehearsal and I wrote down some notes so I'll recite them for you flutter flutter quick quick your hearts are broken. The prince betrayed you. Shocked with an arrow. Now you're dead. So she's <laughs> um, like describing the movements and like the emotions that the young girls are supposed to be having as they go through this. All while dramatic. I think Swan Prince? Swan Lake? Yeah,
0: Swan Lake. I Swan.
1: Think. Swan Lake music is playing. <laughs> yeah. It's a
0: perfect scene. I, I just wish we got more of Miss Patty's classes because they look very entertaining. And she's always, like, just standing yeah. in the doorway, either smoking or not participating in the dancing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like people have said it before, so I won't pretend this is an original thought. But the the spinoff we truly need is Miss Patty and mm-hmm. Babette, their friendship, their lives. Like, it could be about their current lives. And so many flashbacks could be really cool, too. They both live such full lives. So I completely agree. That would be great petition <laughs> one more <laughs> idea for
0: us to send to mm-hmm. the Netflix. they should people, be
1: paying us seriously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so part of what we get in this scene um is rachel catches up with lorelei and she's been looking for luke i guess he's not at the diner and he she mentions that he seems to be spending an awful lot of time at lorelei's and it's a very awkward conversation <laughs> Lorelai says, "Yeah, he's been fixing stuff for me. Um, it's just, it's just all around awkward and weird." And uh, Rachel asks Lorelai to tell Luke to just come
1: home sometimes, which is. Uh, this is Luke, so awkward. Yeah. Like, why does Rachel have to go talk to Lorelai about this? Why not ask Luke, like your partner? Mm-hmm. If you're observing behavior of his, it was so weird. And I just wished like, I just found myself wanting, like, hoping for more. Like, they could have had a friendship or something. But, like, every single conversation is about Rachel inquiring about Luke through Lorelai. And just, like, it could have been something else. Like, I feel like they could have a lot of other stuff to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, they really could. And, again, Rachel's Mm -hmm. just being avoidant because, yeah, she's not talking to Mm -hmm. Luke about it. And and he's avoiding her, yeah. literally, by, like, just never even being in the same room to have a conversation. So maybe she's tried to talk to <laughs> him, true. but he's just not there. Yeah,
0: this is where cell phones would come in handy. Although I could also see Luke being, like, a terrible responder via text. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Possibly on <laughs> purpose.
1: <laughs> well, in this scene, we see another major oh, yeah. conflict of the episode. It is between two troubadours. This is when the troubadour really enters the plot. And he spies another man who is playing a guitar and whistling, not even singing. And he looks pretty angry about this. So we get a sense that there's something that needs to be resolved here. This (laughs) other,
0: this interloper, he didn't even go Mm -hmm. to the other side of the square. He stood right across the street. So his whistling Mm -hmm. was actively interrupting the town troubadour. It was unacceptable. It was really terrible.
1: Yeah. A rude imposter. Very, very rude. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, we follow Lorelai home. Not in a creepy way. Just, you know. (laughs) And she, you know, surprise, surprise, Luke is there. But it actually is a surprise because he is in her house, Mm -hmm. which she doesn't realize. And it turns out he broke in through the back door just to avoid having a conversation with yeah. Rachel. Like, this is ridiculous. That's so dramatic. It really <laughs> is. It's so, just like, he couldn't go for a walk or something. <laughs> like, of all the things I to know. do. <laughs> it seems like, what, it reminds me of Rory, like, manically writing that list to avoid her breakup thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. or in the revival doing her midnight tap dancing (laughs) like he this is like a weird coping mechanism of his is like being the handyman for Mm Lorelai and I wonder if it's if all the fixing up of the house is really you know a sign of what he'd rather be doing which is like caring taking care of Mm -hmm. Lorelai yeah I get
0: mm -hmm. the feeling that's what we're supposed to be thinking (laughs) they do Mm -hmm. have a great conversation here first Lorelai brings up like why is he avoiding Rachel um we find out that Luke is just kind of weirded out by her being around just like existing in Mm -hmm. his space which honestly as somebody who has lived alone for many years now I fully understand that I'd just be Mm -hmm. so like so weirded out by people just being there you know So I understand (laughs) him. They go off on this great kind of loner guy rant um, which has my Rory's Bookshelf moment in it. There were plenty of Mm. references here one of which I've already talked about. Can I guess? (laughs) I I did not pick the Unabomber once more. But (laughs) I was tempted. Mm. But I picked the Winchester Mystery House for a couple of reasons. First off it seems really cool. I would love to go there. It's a this big, like, mansion in California built by, I think, the widow of the guy who made Winchester rifles or some, uh, some sort of guns. <laughs> and it's, like, haunted. There were a whole bunch of deaths there, so a lot of people think it's haunted. It's also got a whole bunch of just, like, weird architectural anomalies like I don't know if it has hidden staircases but it seems like a place that would so it seems cool <laughs> I also picked it because I've been trying to keep up with our social media and I was looking for a gif this morning of Dean and I couldn't uh-huh. find any of him as Dean because I couldn't remember his last name in Kilmore Girls so I was just typing in Dean Winchester, which brought up <laughs> Dean from Supernatural,
1: mm. and
0: there's the whole confusion there with Gilmore Girl, Dean, playing Sam, whose brother is Dean in Supernatural. So that's also why I picked it, because Winchester is their last It's all name.
1: connected. Exactly. Nice, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I noticed the... Um... Yeah, the other the the reference I picked up on, and that was Henry David Thoreau, who Luke suggests is a loner because he's saying I'm a loner, and Lorelai saying no, those are all sad, <laughs> lonely guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, kind of.
0: It was also almost giving me like incel type of vibes, except that of course he's not mm. as terrible towards women it was yeah. more almost yeah. like he was wanting to become more like an incel than he
1: was which i think is a bit <laughs> weird i i mean as you said a moment ago i think it is very fast for rachel to have moved in immediately i think this i view i view this as a very genuine complete on Luke's part of like being so used to his own space and then being annoyed when she puts the milk in a different place like sure it sounds silly but you have like the space of your home is so much more than just you know a surrounding it's very much like an extension of you it's a way for you to assert like control stability you have a sense of ownership of like expression over it all of this different stuff to have someone come in is like a lot in (laughs) I, everyone, everyone moves at a different timeline, but I moved in with my partner after like three years of dating. So it, and it's, you know, it's still a progress. It's still like a whole process to learn how to live with someone else. And it's been months now. So I feel for him in this moment, but I also think he's using that reason as a way to kind of deflect from his deeper emotions that Rachel will point out Mm -hmm. later on.
0: (laughs) I definitely get the feeling that i I don't under- like I don't think Luke can separate the fact that Rachel kind of drops in and drops out and she doesn't have a permanent address it seems, so it's almost mm-hmm. like she's just like couch surfing and Luke's is yeah. the latest place so i don't I definitely yeah i don't I don't think you can separate that possibility from. The reality of her just dropping in um so yeah i i agree he he needs to address it but also she wasn't very fair to him
1: yeah now did you remember in our next scene uh basically meanwhile rory is going to seek out dean for the second time try how it goes this time but did you remember dean's house as it's like shown in this episode. No, it was very it's kind of big. It's yeah. huge. <laughs> it's like a light yellow, like beautiful Victorian style home. It's like gorgeous.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me a oh. bit of the Twickum home in mm-hmm. later It does. Seasons. Maybe they reuse this set. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it is very cool. And it, you've got like this big wide shot of Rory looking very small as yeah. she walks up to it. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know, might just be symbolic of something. (laughs) I know, it has to be, right? (laughs) But she walks up, and Clara, who is Dean's little sister, answers the door. And Rory starts being creepy once again. Um, She's kind of saying all sorts of weird things, like she says she's a Girl Scout. At one point, Clara mentions that she looks like the girl in the pictures, and Rory latches onto that and Clara says he has pictures and then in another sentence she says he had pictures and Rory goes mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit intense with this she starts talking about how has is present tense and had is past tense and it makes a big difference which one is true does he have or does he have pictures or did he have pictures i mean that makes a lot of difference and Clara starts to cry <laughs> um dean calls down and rory just like bolts away
1: (laughs) it's just so Mm -hmm. awkward it is truly so awkward it's like the tables have turned Mm -hmm. when dean was pursuing rory we thought it was so creepy at times and now she's just returning that attitude even more so like dean never interrogated one of her siblings (laughs) to the point of tears (laughs) like rory did that she intimidated clara (laughs) I wonder Uh. what he was thinking as he watched
0: her run away. I mean, he must have, like, been starting to feel hopeful, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. I do. Such a weird situation. I wonder also what Rory thought she was going to say. Like, what would have happened if Dean had answered the door? What would she have said then? Mm -hmm. Or would she have just run away
1: without saying anything? Right, like... Had she been building up courage and then it kind of deflated during the conversation with Clara because you, uh, you have to wonder if he had opened the door, would she have just run away again? <laughs> that I mean, that also would have been funny, but this was funnier. We continue the day later on at a classic town hall meeting. Interestingly, we see Rory, Lorelai, and Max heading to the town hall meeting so they are like bringing him into the inner fold into their starts hollow life and he seems to fit pretty well he has all the snacks that they're going to be eating including two ring pops for rory and lorelei yeah i remember ring pops and they are
0: they're more fun in concept than they are in reality sucking on something Mm -hmm. attached to your hand is a little bit awkward and everything becomes a bit sticky.
1: (laughs) I feel like I could say something dirty about that, but I'll let the listener imagine in their own mind. (laughs) (laughs) But it was,
0: I guess, a nice gesture. I think it's still weird that Mr. Medina is so suddenly, like, now part of their lives.
1: I completely agree. It's like They really just, um, what's the word, brushed right past the conflict that was Lorelai dating her teacher. (laughs) It's like, when Rory was angry at Lorelai last episode, they made up. But in their resolution, there was nothing about like, by the way, he's still my teacher. It was just like, I forgive you for not telling me and for being in a bad mood and lashing out at you, stuff like that. But no like what no and yeah uh, it's just (laughs) come on people and now she's (sighs) just
0: just expected to like act normally with him around town and i don't know it just i wanted to know what we had missed in the meantime
1: because they must they had to
0: have had a conversation (laughs) we would hope
1: yeah they right they seem close they seem close we just see them walking to the meeting we don't see anything about like oh Rory being like this is the first time we're hanging out the three of us like they that was a big reason they broke up and the first time was that Rory wanted the three of them to Mm -hmm. go ice skating right but now we just see the three of them doing things with no comment on oh we got we're more confident so now etc but there was some stuff left to be said for this Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) my
0: stars hollow moment is during this town hall (laughs) Um, It is the (laughs) troubadour. So as we mentioned, the troubadour has been uh, invaded by this other troubadour. And Mm -hmm. he brings this up at the town meeting. Everybody has to remind Taylor who the troubadour is because, as we've said, he's kind of like a a non-character of the show, I guess. He's kind of like the living soundtrack within the show. Um, he
1: mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. really
0: interact with the characters much usually, so we've never really had it, heard him have conversations before. But he has a complaint about this guy who's come up, and he says that he has to be the only troubadour in town. There's no room for tr- two troubadours, um. And he he also refuses to give any identifying information, basically to Taylor. Um, because he has to maintain his mystique. And this other troubadour... <laughs> I love yeah, that. <laughs> this other troubadour is just like telling people where he works and stuff. So he's not living up to the troubadour ideals. And yeah, I, loved, I loved this whole scene. And I also just love that there's somebody called a troubadour in this show. Um, I have a friend who studies medieval troubadours, specifically in the... Uh, mediterranean and like um italy so it's just cool to see a modern day troubadour (laughs) with Mm -hmm. his mystique
1: it's yeah it's so whimsical Mm -hmm. truly and i feel like it's a bit of the origins of what we'll see in like marvelous mrs maisel and her and amy sherman paladino's later work where like um on when i've listened to the gilmore guys recaps and they talk about how it feels like a musical like even though the characters aren't singing but the way that so many of the included songs Mm -hmm. in that show are like from broadway shows and like the way that the story goes i don't know it's just so like whimsical and in a way that feels like so much greater than actual real life (laughs) it's I feel like that is such an appealing part of the viewing experience of a Pal- Paladino sh- Paladino show. Like it's so much about everyday life and people, yet it feels so like <laughs> out of the out of this world mm-hmm. almost. It
0: That's exists cool. in the <laughs> same universe where musicals exist. Like that same yeah. alternate universe yeah. where people can just like break out in song and dance.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, within this meeting Rory keeps looking at Dean Mm -hmm. she's not you know fully focused on the argument about troubadours and but she does use this argument as the context for her to say I don't even know she just like bursts she stands up and bursts out into this what seems to be I mean, at face value, I was going to say it's a defense of the troubadour, but barely. (laughs) She's like talking about how it's hard to say what you want to say. And songwriters can put what they want to say in songs. So it's good. But not everybody can be a songwriter. So sometimes people never get a chance to say what they want to say and to make things right. And she kind of pauses and says... So give this, like, original troubadour a license to be, you know, the only troubadour. And it was so, it was so weird. (laughs) But so Gilmore, for someone to just, like, break out into, like, an impassioned speech, you know. In the background, Clara tells
0: Dean that that's the Girl Scout that had creeped her out. So (laughs) Dean is putting Mm -hmm. the pieces together. Um, But he disappears as soon as the meeting is over. So Rory doesn't get to see him. The Troubadour debate is finalized, though, and we now have an official town Troubadour. I'm very, very excited about it. (laughs) Good for him. (laughs) He deserves it uh, with his mystique. I think he does it best.
1: We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor.
0: Once upon a time in a kingdom long, long ago, there was a princess who was cursed to be a swan until she could be kissed by her one true love. It is a story of love, tragedy, passion, and darkness. And nobody can tell the story as well as Miss Patty, our prima ballerina in Stars Hollow, who graces us all with her talent and knowledge. This Saturday
1: only, her intermediate ballet class will be performing Swan Lake. Come one, come all. We're sure you'd all heard Miss Patty directing her students as they rehearse, telling them when to feel sad, when to feel glad and when to lay down dead. Well, now you can come and see the fruits of such a stirring narration. Listeners of Talking Fast can get front row seats for the production by telling Miss Patty the code phrase, audience participation, as you enter the hall. You're sure to
0: be thrilled right out of your seats by Miss Patty's production of Swan Lake, and Talking Fast listeners might just get the chance to also be born out of their seats upon the wings of a swan princess. Again, tell Miss Patty audience participation and see how immersive the experience can really be.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6 1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. After the town hall meeting, Luke makes his way back to his restaurant, and we see Rachel there. She's standing behind the counter, but when she walks in front of the counter, we see that she's carrying bags. And it's what Luke has predicted would happen. She's leaving, But it's with a twist because she's not leaving because she feels like leaving, you know? And in their conversation, he's asking, like, why are you going? He says, is there another guy? She says, no. He says, well, no. So, yeah, he says, is there another guy? She says, no. It's another girl. And Luke is, like, (laughs) shocked and says, so you're telling me? And... I know Rachel won't really be back anymore, so this will be my last commentary <laughs> on the potential throuple mm-hmm. that could have been. It would have been hilarious if Rachel was like, it's another girl, it's Lorelai, I'm into her, I notice you're also into her. I think we can make yeah. this work. <laughs> I wondered if this was going uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I had one
0: last time. <laughs> yeah, this is like the closest uh, <laughs> they ever come to ask to like mentioning... Bisexuality, or even asking if there's if mm-hmm. Rachel's a lesbian, perhaps there's no other character right. like Michelle is gay, but we also don't get that from the show until much later. They
1: attempt right. to, yeah, not with, yeah, not within the context, like open context of mm-hmm. the show, and they so far periodically tried to heterosexualize yeah. him, like <laughs> we've noticed. So, yeah,
0: <sighs> yeah, I do have. Rachel's outfit is my Lorelai's closet <laughs> nomination this week. I just like her style in general, mm-hmm. and it's like the style that I wish I could pull could have pulled off in like high school and stuff, but I just didn't have like the uh, stick figure type of body for it. But she's got like not many <laughs> <yeah>. do. <laughs> she's got like kind of cargo pants, um, which I kind of hope come back into style for women like they're kind of fitted high waist and fitted um until like maybe mid thigh or something and then they're just straight legged um I think the (laughs) I know this might be a controversial opinion but like I feel like the pocket placement always makes like people look a little bit curvier I don't know I I think it's a good look and then she also has like a um tighter top on that's like a ribbed knit kind of top so it's got like mm-hmm. that texture um it looks comfy it fits her well and it's all mm-hmm. everything's like in shades of beige which I would not wear but mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. style of mm-hmm. them and like the outfit all together I like and yeah I just there wasn't yeah as you said there wasn't very much in the way of fashion in this episode but I did appreciate this outfit
1: yeah I agree, Rachel. As a whole, I admire her fashion style, and she was looking great as she was breaking up with Luke, (laughs) and parting with wise words. Don't wait too long to tell her, Uh, because you know Luke will not admit. He doesn't even say Lorelai's name, but it's clear in their conversation that they both are aware she's dumping him because he's into Lorelai, and I think it's pretty. You know, we've questioned like. Her intentions or her approaches to her relationship, and if it was cool or not cool of her to use Lorelei in certain ways. But ultimately, I felt like she was really the bigger person in this breakup. And it was really big of her to like give him relationship advice when clearly she's still into him. You know, like she could have really been lashing out at him and blaming him and like hating him, but she left with fairly like positive with a positive approach to it, and I don't know if I could have done that myself. Yeah,
0: she easily could have blamed him for not giving them a fair chance and all that, which is true. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But in the in the end, she, yeah, she says, don't wait too long to tell her. And Luke looks a little bit flabbergasted, and we begin to wonder whether he'll actually say anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will pick up on that
1: yeah.
0: in a moment. <laughs> Our next scene is, uh, I guess, the next day <laughs> at Chilton. Um, and uh Rory's trying to talk to Madeline and Louise and give them notes. And they're ignoring her. Um, Paris comes up. They call her Mary again, which we haven't heard for many episodes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's Paris who says, Mary... Uh, Not Virgin Mary, Typhoid Mary, which I thought was great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But basically, Paris ends up accusing Rory of using her and um, kind of just make, like, I I don't know exactly where she was, the exact sentiment she was trying to get across, but she thought that Rory was making fun of her in a way. Um, She with Rory getting Tristan and like suggesting that Tristan and Paris date was kind of a, a joke to Rory. Um, because as we heard earlier, everybody thinks that Tristan is taking Rory to PJ PJ Harvey's and Rory wants to go. Um, so that's where Paris is really angry about
1: this. Her, her argument is so flimsy here. She's saying like, you use me. She's, but um, then she's also saying she's not mad about the Tristan thing and that she doesn't have time for concerts and things. So it's like, well, which is it? You know, like, clearly you are jealous and angry about Tristan, even though you want to deny that. <laughs> she also uh. says something that kind of sets up next season.
0: Um, supposedly mm-hmm. Roy's <laughs> been talking about joining the journalism club in the next year and Paris says, you know, you'll need a good, um, like, letter of recommendation or support from the student editor. And then Paris reveals that that is going to be her and threatens Rory <laughs> with having to write stories about uh, parking lot landscaping, I think. Um, And then we get this great mean girl shot at the end of yes. this. I loved it. And I kind of wish that they would do more it. of these, like, cheesy dramatic shots we're at the mm-hmm. kind of the end grand entry of chilton rory's down on the ground floor and there are the big marble steps going up um surrounded by mm-hmm. fancy columns and everything and madeline and louise are on the same step about halfway up and they turn around do it over the shoulder look at rory and paris is like down a few steps right in between them so it's like this trio of mean girls looking back at Rory. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. Yeah. And then we find out. I loved we, it. We find out that it's
1: summer vacation after this. So who would have known? Right. Paris, like once they're in that formation, she's like very threatening <laughs> and says, Hope you have a good summer. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Like as much as I've mourned the loss of their friendship. I do think at least if they're going to be enemies it needs to be kind of like epic and dramatic like Mm -hmm. this so i do like that it it really does propel you to think like what will happen in the following season between the two of them will they rekindle friendship or will they become really competitive enemies i i liked it a lot i liked the flair for (laughs) drama and all of these interesting camera shots i feel like really show you like what you'll see in mazel when they have the paladinos have the budget Mm -hmm. like the bezos budget you know (laughs) what could be done like i feel like she probably would have wanted to do more of these shots Mm -hmm. right maybe they're harder to do though
0: (laughs) yeah that's true and with so many child
1: extras (laughs) she loves her extras actually i was just thinking about that in the coney island scene of mrs mazel like so many extras in a single shot scene like wow (laughs) Anywho, back to the original Paladino show.
0: So after this Chilton scene, I'm so confused about the days here because we'll come back yes. to Chilton later. And I guess it's the next day because the stuff with, that's happening right now is at night. So mm-hmm. Lorelai is getting ready for a date and um, she hears the doorbell and it's right on time, of course. But it's not Max. It's Luke. And he is showed up to pick up his toolbox which um but really to talk to Lorelai like come on (laughs) he tells Lorelai that Rachel left he was super awkward about this he was just kind of standing there like expectant of something like he expected Lorelai to make a move um Mm -hmm. of course she didn't
1: (laughs) it was weird Yeah, he was, like, so cagey about the reason that Rachel left. He's like, oh, she had her reasons not wanting to admit about Lorelai, but it's almost like he was waiting for just – if for her to say something or do something that would prompt him to suddenly be like, yeah, she left because of you, and I think I do like you, and they could have, like, a moment. Like, clearly he doesn't know about Max. Like, I think he might be thinking, like, is this our time – Will I say something now? Will I say something later on? And he has a rude awakening when Max arrives for their date. And this begins a very, very passive-aggressive and territorial sort of spat between the two men, of which Lorelei after it's over, says, are you done throwing those things around? Someone could lose an eye. <laughs> which I yeah. agree with. They were being so, like... They were being so outrageous in this. Mm-hmm. Like Luke's like, I'm here every day. I see Lorelai all the time. And Max is like, well, we'll be all out all night. She might be late tomorrow morning for the coffee. Like <laughs> just implying all of these sort of like, well, I have this territory over, over Lorelai. It was just so, it was so gross, but I mean, kind of funny. And Luke ends it by saying, it doesn't matter what time it is, I'll always be around, which was like. It's kind of true also, so yeah. it, was, it was kind of funny. It's also
0: just <laughs> such a weird thing to say. Like, how could yeah. how could Max not take this as a weird a
1: territorial thing, you know? Yes. And how can Lorelei be so in denial that there's not mm-hmm. a thing or a vibe there as they're about to argue about? I'm like, are you blind? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: <laughs> He basically uh. just told you that he's been pining for you forever and will always
1: be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> seriously. Lorelai. Right. So as we're kind of getting into already, Luke leaves shortly after that like passive-aggressive spat, and Max and Lorelai get into a fight, mostly on accident. I have to take, like, at least, I mean, maybe throughout this whole argument, until the very end I'm with Max on his approach like he says I don't mean to be blunt but is that over which I feel like isn't a not like that's not a rude question he's like we're in a relationship now I am okay if you were dating but I just want to know like is it over I was picking up on a vibe (laughs) and Lorelai is like immediately super defensive and saying there's not a vibe there's nothing there and she kind of like starts to antagonize or like not antagonize him but kind of be like oh wait you were dating while we were apart like what kind of dating who was it she's trying to like ask him all of these and like interrogating questions when he I feel like was just trying to like figure out the situation like what did i observe there are we good are you into me still like it just escalated so quickly (laughs) it was goading i think that's a good word
0: (laughs) Mm, yeah she was goading him Mm -hmm. but eventually she also ends up blurting out that she slept with christopher i thought max handled that very well as well he was just kind of like yeah okay i've had enough i don't need to hear about this He's like, I want to change yeah. the subject. <laughs> and then, strangely enough, he proposed, well, okay, he suggests a solution. Um, he thinks that the only way that they can kind of solidify their relationship is if they just get married. <laughs> this, reminded me, I don't understand. this reminded me so much of Christopher's proposal as well. Just like, yes. things are unstable in my life. I don't know what's
1: happening. So let's get married. I know. He was like identifying their pattern. Like we get good and then something weird happens to completely derail us. We're unstable. We, marriage will stabilize <laughs> us. But it's like, no, if something weird like that single argument could derail your entire relationship, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you need a grand proposal. It means you need to work on so many things together, including communication, boundaries, expectations, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't yeah. know. They just need to. Oh, Max. This was ridiculous. <laughs> they need to have
0: the um, define the relationship talk, just like Rory did with Dean so yes. many episodes ago. Because <laughs> they, exactly. they don't seem to have done that. Of course, we apparently have missed out on a lot,
1: a lot of their relationship, but we haven't seen that. Uh, But Lorelai responds in shock, and she says that if he was to propose to her, it should be different. It shouldn't be as a way to mend an argument. It should be this grand romantic thing, like maybe there'd be a horse, or there'd be music, or there would be, say it with me now, (laughs) a thousand yellow daisies. (laughs) Ah, Iconic. (laughs) strange a very strange request
0: i have to admit i imagine mm-hmm. she was thinking of being out in a field full of a thousand yellow daisies yes,
1: yes yeah <laughs> which would be mm-hmm.
0: romantic
1: and cool mm-hmm. but uh he interpreted things differently yeah. which we'll discuss mm-hmm. in a moment but before we get there we need to return to another day at chilton and a continuation of the roar and interest and debacle um and you know, for one, for it's the last episode of the season, so I thought it was only right to bookend it with a Friday night dinner critique of Tristan. This. <laughs> this is my Friday night. Thank yeah. goodness we're in the same boat. We're in this together. <laughs> Why did you pick this one? He's he's just so pushy, and he
0: tells mm-hmm. her that he wants he's tired of playing this game with her like this
1: um like she is making him chase you know um yeah like a cat and mouse game and he thinks she's playing along which she's not not. (laughs)
0: this reminded me of Pride and Prejudice I know you're not a huge Jane Austen fan but in -hmm. Pride and Prejudice Mr. Collins asks Elizabeth to marry Mm -hmm. him and she says no and he goes on about how you know, he understands that it's normal for women to refuse the first offer because the, their feminine delicacies or something like that. And this ex- mm-hmm. seemed exactly like that. Like, Tristan was just... Yeah, insufferable. Yeah, tr- <laughs> Tristan was just, like, trying to wear her down. And mm-hmm. I I keep thinking back to that terrible kiss. I mean, it actually looks like a fine kiss, mm-hmm. but it was a terrible mistake. Yeah. Terrible context. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And if that had never happened, I'm not saying that Rory gave him any reason to think that, to, like, keep pursuing her. Because since then, she's clearly said no. But mm-hmm. he seems to think so. Um, it, yeah, it was just, ugh, he's so annoying. I'm so glad that he disappears.
1: <laughs> yeah. In the scene... I feel like there is a moment maybe for one episode where we're like he wasn't as annoying as he used to be and in some regards I think we could say he reverted back to his original character here but I don't think he ever was a different character to be honest. I think the whole like uh, emo boy befriending Rory kind of thing like was just part of his game like that he's been playing this entire time of treating her as like a con quest to be won basically and he just again with as you said the pushiness the physical boundaries cross when he grabs her books and says he won't give them back until she agrees to go out with him like total coercion and intimidation it's like sexual because he's into her in that way but even if this was him grabbing just any random person's books that could be like bullying or Mm. something I'm like he needs detention for this or punishment like actually and yeah I was so glad like that at the end of the scene we see Tristan like sulking watching dean and rory kiss spoiler (laughs) alert but (laughs) and he just like sets her books on the ground in a really weird way and like walks off and i was yeah triumph f (laughs) you tristan whatever your last name was something rich sounding i hate you (laughs) yeah
0: (sighs) i'm glad he's gone we do get this epic Mm -hmm. scene though um
1: yeah it is really epic actually
0: as rory's trying to avoid Tristan. She's walking out kind of into the parking lot around Chilton. Tristan's right behind her. She stops because she sees Dean with his car pulled Mm -hmm. all the way up to the courtyard, of course, the only car up there. It's like, this can't be the parking lot. (laughs) But he's standing there with his green truck and Rory goes over to him. They have kind of a weird conversation because dean sees tristan in the background holding rory's books so he gets all jealous and is like i thought that you were trying to say something i thought you were like maybe trying to seek me out and rory just kind of stands there saying nothing really um Mm -hmm. and dean finally is just like i'm i'm out of here then i guess
1: so he goes, and she like denies she like denies yeah. going to his house and random things like that, so I'm like, "I do feel for Dean, like she's giving him such yeah, mixed messages, that's so true. <laughs> and mm. as Dean is getting back into
0: the car, she says, "Stop," and he says, "Why?" And she says, "Because I love
1: you, you idiot."
0: <laughs> and then mm. they make out violently nice. in the middle of the courtyard <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: see." One could say violently, another one could say passionately. <laughs> I don't know. You know? I looked uncomfortable. <laughs> it's all in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> also, the camera was doing that thing when two characters are making out where it's kind of like circling mm-hmm. around them from like every angle, like, look, they're still kissing from this <laughs> angle now. <laughs> and the music was really like adding to the moment too. The lyrics were like, do you remember your first kiss? It was very like, It was a moment, you know, everything added to it, including Tristan Mm -hmm. sulking in the background. Like, every element was perfect. Give or take some of the, like, level of kissing (laughs) energy, I guess we could say. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was nice, though. I thought it was. Yeah, it
0: was a satisfying end to the, like, trajectory of Mm -hmm. their story this season.
1: My one, my one small caveat is that similar to Max's proposal in a way in which I think the proposal is romantic but doesn't solve their underlying issues and the way that this is like a grand and epic kiss and I'm honestly like a little happy to see them back together I still like don't think like the minute he saw her with a guy not they were not even doing anything just standing next to each other and he was so angry and jealous and was ready to just leave and not hear her out like the trust is not there mm-hmm. between him and Worry, and maybe that could be we could argue like they're at like you know a low place since they've broken up and they're going to rebuild that trust but I was just annoyed to see that I kind of forgot that once they started to have their moment but like you need to trust your partner come on <laughs> and lashing out is not the way to show you're uncomfortable yeah it
0: really foreshadows What's coming in season two?
1: To be fair, I mean, <laughs> I think Dean has reason to be jealous of Rory and Jess because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was
0: also thinking of uh, the last Tristan scenes in season two.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. you're so right. You know,
0: <laughs> we'll get there
1: <laughs> in due time. Moving from one epic scene to another. But we see Lorelai go to the Independence Inn and Michelle and Kirk are arguing about a flower delivery and Michelle is adamant that they did not order flowers and Lorelai kind of has an aha moment we see on her face when she hears that the stipulation is that she has to be there at the inn and we're like, oh, what's gonna happen? Some more suspense built into this. I, I loved Kirk's in this whole season scene
0: i think this is really yeah. like he's really coming into himself here he's like taking this very yeah, the odd yeah, job he's taking yeah. it so seriously he says you ask mm-hmm. for a hundred for one thousand i bring one thousand not 999 not 1001 <laughs> a thousand <Yeah. laughs> very serious about it but lorelei steps into the hotel and i am very interested to know how they did the lighting for this scene because there are so many yellow daisies that everything is just kind of like glowing like butter (laughs) and yeah so
1: intense magical yeah yeah we see I like the way that they built up to that intensity by showing for a long time the camera was just on Lorelai's face and we can't see what she's seeing and she's going through like all of these different emotions without any words michelle and kirk are like in the background arguing about the flower delivery but kirk's like voice starts to fade into the background as the camera kind of like turns and we see her go into the room full just so full (laughs) it's amazing of these yellow daisies it's so like it's so impractical (laughs) so but that's what makes it so romantic you know is that like who could ever actually get someone a thousand daisies how did they get in the room how are they going to get them out of the room like all of it is just so that's what makes it such an epic moment really (laughs) and again the camera is like spinning around her from every angle we have the la 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 music (laughs) back again it's just so romantic and
0: yeah yeah. she
1: calls max up on her
0: old foot flip phone (laughs) and Mm -hmm. he's waiting Mm -hmm. i was kind of debating with myself whether it it's good that he was on the phone or if he should have actually been there but i think it's good that he was on the phone because what he's really doing he is proposing to her in this moment he says Mm -hmm. that he is actually serious about this but he also wants her to think about it he doesn't want an answer on the spot which i think is good he, I was, I liked that. Yeah, he also goes on and on about being a literature teacher and how literature... Great literature. Yeah. <laughs> how there's so many moments that pass by um, the characters and the stories and he doesn't want to be like that. Um, it was, yeah, <laughs> a great English teacher moment. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: seriously. Lorelai
0: doesn't answer him, so we're left hanging.
1: Ultimately, like while I was initially annoyed by his suggestion of a proposal as a way to like mend their problems, I was less annoyed when he was on the phone. One major reason is like you said, he wants her to take the time to think about it. So it's not he's not asking her for a rash decision decision and he's not pushing her into anything either. But secondly, connected to that like whole what he's learned from literature and whatnot about how he wants to make a spontaneous and like romantic gesture. Gesture. I like, and so I like that he's he is admitting that this is spontaneous and it's about like taking a leap. And he's admitting this might not be logical, but like let's go for it. Let's see what happens. And I think just him acknowledging the fact that it is spontaneous and a little irrational made me feel better about it. Because if they're pretending like. This is the rational decision to solve our problems. That's what sort of bothers me because it could be any it's anything but yeah. that, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> but I like the whole spontaneity side of things yeah. here. That's the
0: huge difference between his proposal and Christopher's proposal. Christopher mm-hmm. thought he was making the rational decision by mm-hmm. asking <laughs> Lorelai to marry him, which is ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah. And Max has his life together, mm-hmm. at least. Like he's not hoping Lorelai will like make him into a grown man (laughs) like max already is (laughs) and
0: supposedly it's the end of the school year so maybe he won't be
1: rory's teacher next year one could only hope and that one is me i desperately (laughs) hope that will be the case (laughs) yeah
0: (sighs) but after this scene we're kind of put back into walking around stars hollow um the troubadour (laughs) is allowing the other troubadour to join in with him it's a very nice gesture
1: reconciliation <laughs> yeah. yes
0: and there are fairy lights all around the town it's beautiful and stars halloween mm-hmm. Lorelei goes into the diner and she's looking for Rory but Rory's not there she doesn't tell Luke what's happened but she does give him a yellow daisy and
1: says that she's mm-hmm. potentially happy and Luke Looks very Mm -hmm. confused. (laughs) He is very confused. This last, the closing scene of the season is my gazebo moment. (laughs) You know, I was really torn. I was really torn between the epic kiss and the epic daisies. But when I saw this scene of Lorelai and Rory, they like catch sight of each other from far away, like across the street, and they start to run to each other. And that like epic you know the i keep saying epic my my bad and we see the scene in so many movies and shows of two characters seeing each other it's that slow-mo run where they either like hug or kiss in the middle it's almost always romantic but this is like platonic mother-daughter love they're running to each other because they're like just so excited to see each other to share like their joys they're like smiling and laughing and jumping they're hugging And it's like, this is what the show is about. Like, of course, at this moment, they want to talk to each other about the guys in their lives, but it's not always about that, you know? And I just was like, this is it. This is the connection that is the most important and meaningful and just so special. And the camera starts to like pan away from them. So they become really small and it goes over these really twinkly trees and the gazebo. So it's like, it's the two of them, and then it's the town, you know, that they're a part of. That's the show. I felt like it was such a, the like, the just the picture perfect ending for a season one, you know? I was like, that's it. That's a wrap. That's great. Yeah, it really <laughs>
0: was. Such a good episode, too. It was like so much happened, but it was all
1: heartwarming. The worst thing mm-hmm. that happened. Is there anything. Is there anything you would have liked to see a part of the finale that wasn't included? I don't I don't know. I mean I guess like
0: you said, maybe some Emily and Richard stuff, but so mm-hmm. far, we've had so much tension with them that I think it would have kind of mm-hmm. given a different vibe to the finale. So yeah. I don't know. maybe maybe a bit of catch up with Lane and Henry because we haven't heard mm. about that for a long time oh yeah
1: I was thinking about Suki and Jackson oh, yeah. oh, as yeah. well like we saw a bit of Suki, but it was kind of just like shenanigans at the inn. not really so much about her character or stories she's involved with but I mean that's kind of just scraping out the bottom of the barrel for like anything that could have made it better because I really think I was I think at the end of our years of podcasting, we'll have to rank the season finales. Oh, yeah, that's
0: a good idea. And I feel
1: like this has to be number one. I can't remember any of the other season finales, but I just thought this was really well done.
0: I think the season two finale, if I'm remembering the right scene mm. is the or the right episode is the finale, I think that one's pretty epic too. Though.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I think we know that scene. I think one of the other, sometimes I feel like she moves toward the finales that are like, Really dramatic cliffhangers. Mm. Don't Rory and Dean have sex in the end oh, of yeah. one? Mm. Uh, so it's like it's not always the really momentous happy ending, but like a momentous like, WTF, yeah. what's gonna happen? Yeah. <laughs> this this one kind of thing is so.
0: definitely happy, we'll see. Mm-hmm. almost almost disgustingly happy.
1: One might say. <laughs> <laughs> Extravagantly happy or disgustingly happy. Violent or passionate kissing. Wow. You know, there it's a spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so okay. I guess that's a wrap on
0: season one. I can't believe it. We will have our like I know. kind of review episode next week featuring gazebo moments mm-hmm. from our listeners, so don't forget to send yours mm-hmm. in either to our email at uh talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, you can comment on any post or send us a message. We're at Talking Fast Podcast
1: on Instagram. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week for the end yeah. of season one. <laughs> See you next time.